Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Hollywood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you which is dedicated to creating listening-efficient podcasts and driving innovative, high-quality content that helps reduce the environmental impact as well as the cost to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Molly. And now I will fund you. (laughs) I know. I feel like we... I kind of want to have like one of our shout-outs be like hilarious, like venture financing related pitch phrases or something yeah like they have they have like mike akins of of annual recurring revenue annual recurring mike akins annual recurring mike akins (laughs) (laughs) which if they back us on an annual plan would be true he's raising 15 million gabrielle cohen's on a convertible note (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into the things that are things both of my things are things i heard people say this week Okay. So it's like, oh, he he said that thing. And I'm like, is that a thing? And I went and I looked it up and both of them uh, are things, not necessarily new things. Both of them a couple of years old. uh, Yeah. But I heard them and felt like, okay, they've they've permeated into the mainstream consciousness. Uh, The first one was he boomed me. Okay. Uh, I heard Justin Robert Young say this uh, on his uh, Politics, Politics, Politics podcast. Uh, he was referring to uh, someone calling him out for getting the date wrong. He boomed me. Uh, originally refers to LeBron James ranting about Jason Tatum in the 2018 Eastern Conference NBA Finals. Huh. I have never heard that usage before or now. So... To the extent that it is a thing, it is a new thing to me, and I kind of like it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a great way. Like it, it's a great way to say like you got me, but right. it's, but bigger, right? Without saying you dunked on me, which is of course the only thing that anybody ever says. Which is literally how it started. Which is because actually, Tatum dunked on LeBron, right? <laughs> and LeBron said he got me. That effing Tatum boomed me. I mean, that's amazing. He but now me. and now it's back, and we're saying it. I guess. I feel like I we need to poll the listeners. This is almost like a thing and a thing check at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it. thing call, but a thing check on level, right? You boomed me. Let's just let that, you know what, honestly, too, let's let's embrace the thingitude of this because dunking on is kind of over. Like we it was so over, it's like it's been over the whole time because we didn't even bother to talk about how saying you know, you dunked on this and you dunked on that and whatever is a total thing, which some would argue was a miss. But I would say we were just waiting for he boomed me to come well, around. He dunked on me, though, like, like that goes back to the 90s. Like, yeah. you know, dunking, like dunking was forever. new in the 70s and then like became a, a phrase of casual conversation somewhere in the 80s, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, Probably. Yeah, it certainly was current 20 years, 30 years ago. So he boomed he me. Boomed me. That one only goes back to 2018. 
I really, I really like it. And I like the idea that we be having its moment now because it's Gosh, new. Boom. It's different. It's fun to say. Yeah. I, like I it. said I'm that in. hockey would be a thing and Molly boomed me. Oh, come on. <laughs> be fair. Everybody boomed you. Um, yeah, anyway. it was a That's a good point. <laughs> This it's funny because I have had this particular uh, next topic on my in the bullpen for several weeks now, and it is in fact so relevant exactly at this moment because we have started my most hated month, February, and uh, at this exact moment that I'm speaking to you, I don't have any water in my house and I won't have any water in my house for a whole night because of a series of landscaping related situations. And all I want to do is run away to a spa. Which is so funny because the only spa that anyone ever talks about anymore is Rancho La Puerta. I love this because this is quintessential Molly bringing something to my attention that I don't know that I would run across. But as soon as you do, it's everywhere. It, I, yeah, especially in California because Rancho La Puerta is a resort that is located in Mexico. Um, but it's slightly in, it's not very far. I think you fly into Puerto Vallarta now, full disclosure, I've never been there, but I literally think I hear about it so much and it is a thing among, this is actually, Tom, your comment is super appropriate because it's also a thing among women of a certain age. Mm-hmm. And I think like well-off women in their forties and fifties are totally going to Rancho La Puerta either for a solo trip, just like a solo location getaway or with a couple of girlfriends. And I'm, Sort of, I'm like a little torn on it because on the one hand, it sounds so awesome because everybody talks about it. And I literally have at least two friends who go every single year, like a pilgrimage Uh to Rancho La Puerta. But also as a woman of a certain age, who's also just kind of into like action movies and sci-fi, like uh, it's like a juice bar and like lots of high, it's like a wellness, all-inclusive retreat. Sure. And I'm a little torn on it. But I will say it is like, and it's a very Bay Area thing in particular, but I think probably all of California. But honestly, I think it's just a, it's a, when you look up like, you know, best all-inclusive wellness resort and whatever, like this is always the one. And for some reason, it seems to have just like even gotten more popular since my some friends have been telling me that they go all the time. Well, you, you thought about including it in last week's show. And at the time mm-hmm. I was like, I, I want to learn more about that. I don't know about it. And in the intervening week, I've seen it. I've, <laughs> I've seen it mentioned. And it was probably being mentioned. And I was like, I don't know what they mean by that. But it stuck out to me. Uh, and I, it feels to me a little like Taos, New Mexico did back in the 90s. Totally. Because I had that same thing where uh, some woman of a certain age uh said something about oh taos you gotta go to taos taos is great and i was like oh well what what's taos what's taos about uh and then then i it was the same thing it was wellness and back then it was new age which was still new and mm-hmm. uh, and this feels a little like the 2020s version of that i mean i think it totally is like they don't serve any wine or alcohol in the dining hall there is like some wine outside but like it's super you go and you do yoga Mm -hmm. and you go on a hike at six in the morning and you have like you know mango over slices of coconut i don't know i mean look i'm sure it's great and i'm sure i would actually have a great time and that's probably why i put it on my reminders at some point it is totally not only though a thing but a like really specific kind of thing that i'm not sure it's like there's this clothing brand eileen fisher 
And I've always admired it, but wondered when I was going to be old enough to wear it. Uh (laughs) I guess old enough and rich enough, kind of like it's super expensive. And I think Rachel Laporta is not cheap either. Um, But I'm, I'm having that question too. I'm like, when am I going to be like old enough and into wellness enough and rich enough to just rock the Rancho Laporta? Because you're talking about a few thousand for a week right there, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 To be clear, I, like, I looked it up one time two years ago or something. It was like, no, no. No, 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 no. But uh, but you can um, detox. The word detox must come up. Oh yes, I yeah. could detox. I, I could detox. To, yeah, I'm going to go to the website now. Not that I'm shopping, but yeah. But so tell us if you are outside of California. Tell us if this is something that you hear about all the freaking time the way that I do. I mean, Especially literally at one point. If you're outside California in Rancho La Puerta while listening to the show. Oh, my God. Please tell us. I also think that it came up in the news recently because they announced residences. Uh, that's probably why it popped up on my radar, too. Maybe. Yeah. Because they're probably like they're probably advertising their one and yeah. one half million dollar residences. That one and can. one half million. One and a half million dollars. Oh, that'll get you a 3-2 ranch in Van Nuys. <laughs> I know. I mean, so would you rather have a 3-2 ranch in Van Nuys or a permanent residence on a wellness resort? <laughs> yeah, all right. Mm, tough mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's go to my next one, uh, which is one I heard Bryce Castillo, the producer of Cord Killers, say this week. Uh, trying to give you know proper attribution to where, the, where these things bubble up from. Uh, <laughs> which podcast you heard it on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh industry plant as a term to refer very casually uh to someone being essentially fake grassroots so the idea is somebody appears to have been an overnight sensation oh they were just making their music and putting it on up on tiktok and youtube and then suddenly now they're huge and they've got a a deal and then People say, no, that's an industry plant that they had record deal. They had record backing to get them popular in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, The poster child target of potentially unfair usage of this term is Billie Eilish, at least according to Bubblegum Club. Uh, this is that that a lot of people accuse her of being an industry plant because she's from L.A. She comes from a family that was in the industry. Her brother writes her songs. Uh, so, But there's also a lot of people that defend her and say, yeah, but she's also really good. Uh, and she could have had all the backing, like actual overt backing in the world and not been as successful uh, if she wasn't as good as she is and right. she didn't get very obvious backing at the beginning, et cetera, et cetera, because of the way she looks or whatever. Uh, so there's a lot of, lot of debate around Billie Eilish and whether this term is applicable to her or not. And there's a lot of other people, people, you know, people try to apply it to Nas X or basically anybody that's popular that gets popular fast. Um, so I'm not sure who really qualifies for it, but it's, it's kind of a thing you throw around like uh, industry plant, you know, that's so interesting because do you remember way, way, way back in time when this is a phrase that maybe was not then, but could have been attributed to like Beyonce? Ah, uh, because she- Do you remember that that's where yeah. Beyonce started? Like she yeah. was in Destiny's Child, but it a, was like- In a girl band. Yeah. Or girl But group. no, it was a girl band that was like formed by her dad. Yeah. Like she was the anchor of a girl group that was, you know, so it doesn't- I think it both can simultaneously exist and not take away from talent at all. Well, like Rebecca Black, I think might have been in that category too. Sure. And it, some people use industry plant not as a way to 
disparage the talent, but to disparage the mythos, right? The mythos around somebody might be like, oh, they they came they came up from nowhere. It's right. like, well, no, Beyonce didn't come up from nowhere. Doesn't it's like make you got a leg up, but it doesn't talented. mean you suck. Yeah, right. Uh, but I, 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 I now remembering that you reminded me that when she was first kind of going solo, there was that backlash of like, well, she's really not that good. It's just mm-hmm. that her dad. It's blah, just blah, that her blah, dad. Blah blah blah. And it, blah, blah, and it blah. turns out, no, she really is that good. Yeah. Like I think totally. the, the years have proved that that theory wrong. But industry plant could still apply. Which is like, oh, she didn't come from nowhere. Although I don't think the mythos on on Beyonce is that, you know, she was an overnight sensation or anything like that. Whereas industry plant more refers to the little Nas X. Got right? it. Like someone who, who who all of a sudden appears on the scene and you're yeah. like, wow. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Someone or Justin put Bieber there. back in the day who was like right? came up on YouTube and then people are like, Who's this Canadian kid? Oh my gosh. Right. Yep. And so totally. people are like, nah, that's all not none of that's true. He was an industry plant. Which is so funny because, like, that assumes that there's any such thing as an organic arrival on the scene. Like, nobody gets famous organic. Nobody, like, no, yeah, yeah. you know, to to cross that that final barrier from talent, work, skill to fame. Sometimes you don't even have to have the work, right? Somebody there, there is. There's the version where someone comes and assembles the boy band and they just pluck you out and you might not even be that talented. Then there's the version where you're really talented and you work hard, but there's the the industry thing that puts you that at the next level. You. Yeah. Either way, it's a freaking great phrase. I think yeah. not to, yeah, not to belabor the point because that is, it's a great, it's an excellent thing spot and a super useful phrase. Yeah. So it. good, good to know because when Bryce said it earlier this week, I was, I asked him, I was like, wait, what? What's that? He's like, oh, that's, you know, it just means they, they, that they didn't really like build themselves up, that, they, that there was an invisible hand boosting them or something like that. Yeah. Not his exact words, but that was the idea. Oh, my God. I love it. Um, this uh, I almost feel like I need a content warning ahead of the next item, even though it doesn't mean anything that you think it means. But if you haven't heard of it, you may be shocked when I say that my next thing is fingerboarding. Which just hold reaction. on, everybody, because it's <laughs> if you haven't already heard of it, it's not what you might think. <laughs> not even close to what you might. It literally means a little tiny finger size skateboard. That's so cute. That that people do tricks on with their fingers. So it's like, I mean, I'm not even joking. Like, and I can't believe I'm saying that this is a thing, but it's enough of a thing that there are bajillions of TikTok videos about it. I just was talking to a guy uh, in a work meeting who was like, oh yeah, my son has a business where he's like making these. The little skateboards? The little skateboards, <laughs> because they're just like teeny tiny replicas of real skateboards and they they work and they have to work and they even have the like, you know, scratchy top because people use them to do like finger ollies and like <laughs> all these little tricks and they put the videos online and there's even like contests. There's something called the fast fingers contest series. <laughs> Finger having a moment. This is it's amazing. having a moment. It's uh it's like it's like model trains. <laughs> it kind of is, but for but like cool skateboarders. Cooler. Yeah. With and maybe kids who like don't have any uh athletic skills. I don't know. <laughs> I remember kids in school having these little miniature skateboards. Yep. But it it seems like it's a uh it not only is it having a moment, uh but also way cooler looking than they were back then. 
I mean, I guess so. Right. But it's funny because it's like you literally that sound is me pulling up TikTok to look up a fingerboarding video because it on the one hand. It looks cool. And there's kids in these little skater clothes that are doing these. But I mean, this is for anybody who's just learning how to fingerboard and wants to learn how to do an ollie. Easiest way to start is to start by doing it on your leg. Just roll it. I mean, well, because this kid is, he's you still in have to be able to do the cool flips, skater gear, right? It's, yeah. You got to do less the about the, the you know, reattaching yourself to the board, like in real boarding where you're, you're in the air and coming down. Cause you obviously have more control over your hand, but you still mm-hmm. got to be able to do some of the flips and stuff. Yeah, you do. I mean, it takes dexterity and all mm-hmm. of that, but it just cracks me up that there's all these videos of kids in like cool skater clothes showing you like, no, I'm going to show you how to do this sick flip <laughs> and Ollie and then a double twist and a turn and whatever. And then they get out this like little toy. <laughs> and they are like, I could not do this in real life or I would be in the Olympics, but right. <laughs> I can do it with my fingers really well. Uh, confiscated in class, says that Porter. Yep. I mean, 100% yeah. they are. What is our fascination with crazy. very tiny things, very tiny versions of real larger things? Oh, man, but it is yeah. very funny. That's so and- good. That's a good spot. It's just a fun one. It legitimately is a fun one. By the way, I just got to go back a couple episodes and give Tom the biggest nailed it in the entire world for crocheting balaclavas. <laughs> really? Oh, good. Yep. Like that just seemed like the most random discovery. <laughs> and I was literally in the sun with my, in the car with my son. And he was like, can I borrow $15 because I have to pay my friend because she's crocheting me a hat. And I was like, <laughs> okay, first of all, what? And second, is it a balaclava? And he's like, oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> And this is after our super duper Gen Z producer on a phone call for work said, I said something about crocheting being a big thing right now. And she's like, it's a huge thing. I'm crocheting a balaclava. That happened. Wow. <laughs> that freaking happened. And you were like, well, of course you are. What else would you crochet? Yeah. I was like, are you a plant? <laughs> are you an industry are plant? Are you an industry plant? <laughs> you just <laughs> boomed me. You just boomed me. I'm headed to Rancho La Puerta now to re- get over there. <laughs> to recover. <laughs> and I'm bringing my fingerboard and hoping they don't confiscate it. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's get to your things. Feedback at it's a thing.me. Brian wrote in to let us know that we finally thing firmed something he sent us a little bit ago. Uh, because he told us about it before we put it on the show. This is my fault. Oh. Uh, Brian says, Hey guys, in the most recent episode, you talked about the CEO of being a thing. Well, you already talked about that back in 2020. It was episode 105. And uh, producer Rich looked into this to find out, well, why does Brian know for certain the actual episode number? Uh, Well, it's because Brian emailed us back then. uh, And we read his email in which he said uh, that CEO of was a thing. Uh, And also he said, I think if you two had CEO titles, Tom would be CEO of podcasts and Molly would be CEO of using the phrase not for nothing. Okay, that's amazing. To be fair, does 2020 even count? Did that yeah, happen? I don't think Do we 2020 actually have to be is responsible? real, Brian. I, I mean, I don't doubt you emailed, <laughs> but the year like, itself no longer exists. So, like, do we have to be responsible for things that we did or said in 2020? I mean, yeah. isn't that just a throwaway? There's Yeti, Bigfoot, <sighs> the Loch Ness Monster, Chicago. And 2020. None of those. In the year 2020. Yeah. Okay. That is really funny. Thank you. Good catch. That's why we have the email address. Yeah. That's why we have feedback. It is a thing.me so that all of you can help all of us be better. 
so much better. Chris wrote in with a rap question. Hi, Tom, Molly, and Rich. Love the show. Longtime listener, first time writer. You mentioned drill in your last episode. I remember in the 90s. There it is. I remember in the 90s hearing about horror core rap. At least I think it was in the 90s. Anyway, how is drill different from horror core? Well, one of them you can say and the other one you can't. Is well, I mean, probably the simplest answer it, there. I don't know enough about horror core. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Say. Just, just try to say it again. Horror yeah. core. Horror core rap. But, but there's probably all kinds of differences when you look close. The, that, that's why drill is different than grime, is different than hardcore rap. Uh, yeah, but they probably have lots of similarities too. In 2020, according to Wikipedia, horror core found a small revival around the UK drill scene. With ah, acts so they such do as overlap. You're not wrong, there Chris. Is some overlap. Yeah. It seems like horrorcore incorporates a little bit more horror. Wow. <laughs> Can we just horrorcore incorporates a little more horror? <laughs> I'm very proud of that sentence right now. So good. Um, so good. But it is in a lot more violent content and imagery, uh, gruesome, ghoulish, unsettling, or slasher film, splatter film esque. Whereas I think drill is just like nihilistic and depressing mm. it's a subset less, it takes takes a piece of horror core and refines it but if there were a venn diagram of upsetting rap that you probably don't really want to listen to before mm. you go to bed <laughs> it sounds like horror core and drill would overlap what a was tiny the sentence bit. again uh horror core incorporates more horror <laughs> so good i'm gonna start saying that every radio day professional I, people I the, yeah uh, that Charlie dude on Calendly uh, said, hi, Rich, Molly, and Tom. Calendly sounds like Microsoft's bookings app. I've been using bookings to let students book meetings with me for almost two years, and I love it. Is Calendly the personal and non-Outlook alternative to bookings? Y'all rock. I've never heard of Microsoft's bookings app, which is so Microsoft, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. And also, no one wrote a rant about Microsoft bookings app. So Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's just say, yes, it is not just the personal and non-outlook. It is the like, cool, it's the hip, it's the new like techie, it's the techie bros Calendly is the eye rolling, oh my gosh, you have an iPod to bookings Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just the new kind. It's the newer. Works fine. Yeah. I didn't know Microsoft had a booking app. Fascinating. And then finally, Aaron writes in on Audis and says, just another data point on this. I bought, well, leased an Audi last year at a dealer who sells both brands. I drove a couple of BMWs and then a couple Audis. Afterward, the sales guy asked what I thought. And I said, I like both of the Audis more than both of the BMWs. He replied, I've been hearing that a lot lately. So maybe it's just that Audis are getting better or BMWs are getting worse or both. Something's up. Yeah. Something's I got to say, like, I think that it is. Well, I think it's some of both. Yes. I think Audis are, have been for a long time, like super nice and a little boring. And BMWs have been super fun to drive and like so, super sporty. But BMWs have gotten bloated. Ah, uh, okay. okay. And the drive is not, they're all like too big. And there's kind of too many models. And Audis, I think, have stayed really sleek and maybe gotten a little more sporty. I don't really know. Audis have definitely gotten more sporty. They 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 introduced that whole new class. Like the A class is still pretty similar to what it's always been, but they have the the S class, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well the Audi. S is because the S is like the sport, the cool yeah. sport version of and all so the other ones. That yeah. probably drives way better. 
and is nifty and new, whereas the mm-hmm. BMWs feel old already because they've been around forever. And uh, if you're saying they're getting all bloated, then yeah, that makes it's kind of true. And the interior never changes. It's almost like how every time when you get a new iPhone, you just transfer over your stuff and then it's just a damn iPhone again. So it's kind of boring and takes the fun of the new out of it. Yeah. Like BMW is a little bit stuck in the uh, interior. When I went from my iPhone 10, the X iPhone 10 to mm-hmm. the iPhone 12, it didn't feel like I got a new phone because no, it doesn't feel like that size. at all. Yeah. Right. If the size is similar and then you transfer over all the same settings and stuff, it's like a little bit of a letdown almost. The biggest like, oh. deal was battery lasted longer and the processor was faster, which is makes it worth the money to me, but it didn't look right. any different. Right. Feel like, oh, I got a brand new phone. Yeah. It takes some of the thrill out of it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I yeah. went to the iPhone 12 mini mm. and I w- and that was great. Right. It was really distinctive because it's a different body yeah. style. Uh-huh. It's the like old square, cool, like iPhone five style. And it's super tiny. Mm-hmm. So that was actually pretty delightful as opposed to the parade of iPhones that had come before for the past few years. I was like, Meh. yeah. Plus you just stick it in a case anyway. I mean, when, when... yeah, that's true. All right. Let's get to our shout outs in honor of having 16 shout out patrons. <gasps> Today's shout-outs are based on Roger Ebert's review of the film 16 Candles. I love this so much. First of all, I love that we have 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 16 people supporting us at the the shout-out level. That is amazing. Patreon.com slash shout-out. It's it's a thing. Patreon.com slash it's a thing is where you can support us at any level. The fact that we have 16 is incredible. And also, this is going to be so fun. I can't even believe it already. I will begin. Okay. If 16 Patrons begins to sound a little like an adolescent raunch movie, maybe it's because I haven't suggested the style in which it's acted and directed. This is a fresh and cheerful Paul Dow with a goofy sense of humor and a good ear for how Laura Abel talks. It doesn't hate David Grizzly Smith or condescend to him the way a lot of teenage Morris Jones do. Instead, it goes for human comedy and finds it in the everyday life of Benjamin Forrest in its story. The movie stars Gabrielle Cohen as Miranda Janelle, a bright-eyed teenager who pulls off the difficult trick of playing a character who takes everything too seriously without ever taking herself too seriously. The movie is told mostly from her point of view, and it's like Valley Lee Price. (laughs) It's about a young Kevin Sill who thinks a lot about sex, but who is shy and inexperienced and unsure and touchingly committed to concepts like true love. She has a crush on a senior boy named Jake Woods, played by Mike Akins, who looks like James C. Smith, (laughs) of course, and doesn't even know she's alive. Meanwhile, the geek, Eric Duncan, is in love with her. Also, there are complications involving Andrew Bradley's stuck-up girlfriend, Joe Hood's impossible grandparents, various older and younger brothers and sisters, and a foreign exchange student named Louis St. Amour, who apparently has come to this country to major in partying. I mean, aren't you (laughs) glad you backed at the shout-out level now? Because, seriously. Seriously! Some shows just be like... Thanks. Whereas you get this. Uh, some shows just be like, thanks. <laughs> but not us. Uh-uh. Not us. I'm going to say, so Paul Dow and Lara Abel, welcome. You are the newest of the shout out level patrons. And we are so freaking thrilled to have you, especially because it gave us this. Oh my gosh. It's so good. So good. How do you do uh, it, Mr. 
Absolutely amazing. Uh, you can become a member, like I said, if it's a thing. You will get access to cool stuff like our Discord and ad-free RSS feed and more. Patreon.com slash it's a thing. Just so you know, we're testing a level that could include some sort of behind-the-scenes video just for fun. If you think you might have some interest in that, go ahead and drop us a line. Let us know. Yeah, that uh, that line would be an electronic mail address known as feedback <laughs> at it's a thing.me. You could send a line by carrier pigeon. See you next week. Bye. Bye. It's a thing can be reached by mail at 11870 Santa Monica Boulevard, Suite 106551, Los Angeles, California, 90025. You can fax your It's a Thing notations to 1-555-406-213. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.